Welcome to the party, bang bang! It's your man Claytron, aka the Big Boss Man, aka the PhD of podcasting, aka the clumsy jeweler, because I'm always dropping gems, aka the milkman, because I always deliver. I'm here in fucking Mount Gambia in this this overpriced, small ass, kind of weird smelling hotel room with uh, roommate Dan. And uh, we're, yeah, we're halfway to Melbourne. We're doing the Great Ocean Road, like we said on the, the last episode of the Welcome to the Potty Podcast. This is episode 93 of the Welcome to the Potty Podcast. Um, we, you know, we've stopped off. We stopped off at Medindi at two o'clock to go to the pub. Um, and we watched, we watched a little bit of NBA on the phone. We were in the pub in a social setting, staring at a fucking phone screen to watch the NBA until the Melbourne Cup started. Um, I forgot who won the Melbourne Cup, but it wasn't whoever the fuck I put my money on. I could tell you that much. Then uh, we we kept it pushing from Medindia, and I think we... What was the next stop? Mm. After we had lunch and all that. Oh, we were going to stop in Salt Creek, but there was nothing there. Oh, we went to Salt Creek, which is actually where uh some backpackers got murdered like 10 15 years ago or some shit uh and the only sign we saw at the fucking place said backpackers and i was like uh i don't fucking think so anyway it took all of three seconds to drive through salt creek we kept it pushing and i think the next stop was granites which was this dope beach the water was like turquoise uh, we, it was windy and pretty cold, but we got in that shit. Cause like, when the fuck are we going? We're not going to go back there, you know? So we got in the water. Um, that was good for the soul. It refreshed us a little bit after, um, you know, a big weekend of drinking. So we're feeling, we're feeling fresh. We had a fresh day yesterday. Uh, then we ended up in, uh, robe, had dinner in robe. That was nice. Nice little, uh, like beach town uh we yeah we ate dinner there and then we made our way to to mount gambia we tried to hit up tommy dreamtime daily a friend of the show um to see if we could stay with him he lives he lives down here but um you know he's a family man he's got his his wife and his daughter so uh he didn't actually even answer the phone so now we're in this fucking hotel i won't name it i don't want to put i want to do that to him but um this garbage fucking hotel that that costs $120 for one night and it was is worth about $50. I would have paid $50 happily for this place. Um, but I've got like, I don't like sleeping in like cheap hotel beds. So I woke up feeling all types of funny this morning and I had to take a shower because, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they clean them or if they just make them. Like, I don't know. It makes me sick. I can't do it. Well, I can. I did do it, but I had to shower as soon as I woke up. The sun's shining. We're ready to continue this Great Ocean Road trip. Listen to some podcasts. Um, you know, have a couple beers, have, have some food. I 
like a dumbass, didn't pack a single fucking t-shirt. So I need to find a store and at least buy a t-shirt today because I'm just wearing a, a sweatshirt on pure skin right now. Anyway, we've got a guest on the show today. Um, he's been on the show before, Matt Stevens, kickboxer extraordinaire. I went and saw him uh, get some action at his last fight. He, he got a knockout in the fourth round. We talk about it. We talk about his new study. Um, he's, you know, he's doing a PhD in um, psychology. Uh, you know, I, you know, I've got my PhD in podcasting, so uh, we share that in common. So he's he's going to talk about his new study that they've they've published, and uh, yeah, man, we we're going to chop it up here for a couple of hours. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the show, Maddie Stevens. All right, so I was I was at I was at the last fight last time you were on the show, yep. friend of the show. We were promoting your upcoming fight, and you gave me some free tickets. I went and watched it. Now Rachel, I've only been with Rachel for probably eighteen months, maybe a little bit more. So she doesn't fully understand how much I I like fighting at this stage, yeah. and um at. What what round was it? The the end of the fight. Fourth. Fourth. So in the fourth round, I I start elbowing Rach, and I'm like, we've got a knockout coming, <laughs> and she's like she's like what? And I I pull my phone out, and like I was telling you, I'm not a huge phone guy. I don't I don't I'm not the paparazzi. Yeah, yeah. I don't film everything. I mean, Dan, my my roommate from college is here. He's been here you know, two nights, we haven't got a photo together yet. Yeah, right. So I don't pull my phone out a lot, but I was like, we've got a knockout coming. I pulled my phone out and in about seven seconds, what I thought was coming came. So yeah. this dude tries to kick you in the head, mate. Was it a head? He was trying to yeah, he was trying to kick you in the head. You just blocked him with your arm and pretty much when his, his foot hit the ground, you launched a head kick yep. and he actually put his arm up to block it. Yep. And it was like, you, you kicked his hand into his own head and he like knocked himself out. Basically it was yep. a, it was a head kick knockout, but also a self punch knockout. 100%. And I've got that shit on film. <laughs> I posted it on the welcome to the party Instagram page. And, um, yeah, I, we talked a lot about, how you see the fight but I want to I want to know did you was there in your mind when you blocked that did you kind of know before you kicked or was it just like I'll, I'll have a crack here nah to be honest um, in that moment I blocked and then my leg just came up like right. it, it was just a like a, a reaction man yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't that's, it was that's, no that's, that's the process. training at Rikers is, is it's 100% what it is man yeah, yeah. And it just, it sort of surprised me as well. And then when he sort of started to stumble a little bit, then it kind of clicked, but he didn't get up after that. So yeah, there, I mean, you got him good a few times. There was yeah. one where you kicked him in the ribs the turning, yeah, and he, kick. yeah. And he, I don't know if he was trying to get points, but he bent over like he got kicked in the dick Yeah, and Everyone, well, from where I was sitting, it was clearly in the ribs. Yeah. And Rachel was like, 
even Rachel, she's she's not into fighting. Yeah. She was like, "That's bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit." Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know because the the ref like obviously he like broke you up and was like, you know, have you know, I don't know what the rules are. Is there like a timeout? If or? you get if you get kicked in the dick or, or the balls in that area, um, and it's clear, it's that you're allowed five minutes. Five minutes. Five okay. full minutes. To so recover. there wasn't five minutes. So he must have seen the kick. Yeah. 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 Um, generally, like the no one actually takes five minutes. Like oh, that's, okay. a, that's a long time. Yeah, this is a long time. The crowd, I would have gone home. Like. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but at the end of the day, like if you do get kicked really bad, you can take a full five minutes. He probably took a minute or something. Yeah, like I saw, I actually, because like obviously I saw it and I was like, that, like he didn't get kicked in the nuts. So I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah. There wasn't five minutes though, no. but um, I you posted like a highlight reel and yeah. the kick's actually on there. Yeah. And it's so far above his nutsack yeah, yeah, yeah. that like, there's just no... So I was like... That's flush on the ribs. I wonder if he got point. Do you think he got points or do you think you lost points no, for he that? Got, he, he definitely got counted in that, that kick, I think. What's that mean? Like the ref counted him. Oh, okay. He had oh, to stand really? up before yeah 10 seconds or whatever can you get counted for ribs yeah yeah 100 percent. oh yeah, i didn't get I for leg that. kicks like everything wow yeah if you get if you get hit and you fall down you've got 10 seconds to get up to continue i'll tell you what i liked about your fight and actually the fights before you one of the girls fights actually the girl i think she was from your gym and she won the championship maybe she wasn't from Ooh, rikers no i'm not sure she was a shorter girl brown hair and she was she was fighting like a you I mean you I probably were, didn't say yeah, it. Yeah, you were warming up. Um anyway, she was a short girl. Um and she was fighting uh I think the girl was some sort of champion or maybe undefeated okay. or something. And she was really long. Yeah. And I was I had my money on the long girl just from looking at her. I was yeah. like, oh she's gonna kill this short girl. Yeah. And this girl, she was surgical. She can't afford to be like you. Okay. And um she she kept catching this girl's leg and yeah. dropping her. Yeah. And you got that a few times. Yeah. And I, like, I'm not, I'm more into boxing. So I'm yeah. not, I don't know the rules, but I didn't know that you were allowed to do that. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I was so impressed. I was so impressed with, with that, especially in your fight, because obviously yeah. I was like more invested. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it was, it was actually crazy. I was telling Rage, like we watched four or five fights that night. And I didn't really feel anything. Yeah, and then yeah. when once you got in the ring, I got butterflies. Yeah, and like, right, man. I was like, I was like, oh man, I, just, <laughs> I hope he wins. I just like, I was like, so invested. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I was just like, that's crazy. Like, there's nothing different about the fights. Yeah. Like, um, but as soon as like you walked into the ring, like, yeah, started, I, was, you know, yeah. I started getting nervous. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. fighting. <laughs> And um, I was a bit, I was a bit nervous actually going there. Yeah. Because I was like, didn't know what to expect. I, no, more about like the adrenaline that the fans would feel. Yeah. And then yeah. leaving the building, I was like, I wonder if somebody's gonna want to fight. Yeah. Because of my size. Yeah. I get, I actually get picked on. You a would lot do. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. And I was like, at a fight, I wonder how bad that's gonna be. Yeah. But there was nothing. There was none, none of that. Oh, that's good. But um, yeah, I had a great time. Oh, yeah. And they are. They everyone says that. Hey, like everyone says, it's such a good night. Yeah. Like obviously, I, I I've only been to one or two where I haven't been fighting. 
Um, but you go there, you're with your mates, you have a few drinks, you know, people bashing each other. And if you've got someone there that you are friends with, like you've got, like you said, something invested in it. Yeah. It, it really gets you going, eh? So, like, yeah, so you're, so now 9 and 0. 9 and 0. And you've got a fight coming up in two weeks. Yep. November at, 17th. And that's in Adelaide. Yep. And is that Nisa Fury? Same thing again, yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, What's, what's this guy's deal? This guy, uh, I'm fighting a very experienced um, new ki- Kiwi guy. Uh, he's had like 38 fights or something. Oh, wow. But some of those are boxing. Pro, I think he's right. had like 15 pro boxing and, fights. As and like you said in the, the last podcast, you, you were like, you've probably been in the ring in other fights 300, 400 times. Yeah. So even though you've got nine fights experience in kickboxing you're, you're actually a very experienced I've got fighter. 20 years yeah experience yeah you know so that's say say sports bet has a market on it do they do that for these few they used to but not these days okay so you probably find underground markets yeah <laughs> say there's a market on this fight people people might underestimate you because of even though you're nine and oh yeah just the lack of well Quote unquote, lack of experience yeah. because you're only nine and nine. 100%. But that but, works in my favor. Yeah. yeah. And you, but you're actually probably, most likely, more experienced than the other fighter yeah. in fighting. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, definitely, I've been in the ring more times um, and I've done more weight cuts and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I've got all the good habits down pat, if that makes sense. But he has just had more fights, I guess, um, in this actual style of fighting. Yes. So what needs to happen for me is I need to make sure that I fight him in my own game. Yeah. I bring him to my game rather than trying to beat him at his game. And that was, that again, it was something that I was very impressed with at your last fight was you fought your fight. You didn't fight his fight. And man, like... We talked, we talked yeah. about the gamble of spinning kicks. Yeah. You did like, I don't know what they're called. I call it a reverse heel kick. Yeah. I don't know. Spinning heel kick. Yeah. yeah. You did a left, your foot hit the ground, then you did a, did right, a right. And yeah, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, this shit is dope. Yeah. And yeah. you were like, you were like, um, you know, like in the, on the last podcast, you were like, people come to see me fight like I want them to see you fight yeah 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 <laughs> which is like that's dope yeah. and I was just like I was sitting there like oh shit this guy doesn't know what's going on and then you like a week later you posted a uh, Instagram and you were like talk about your coach like maybe next time I'll do less spinning <laughs> yeah. or whatever like yeah. <laughs> no they always say it to, it's, it's, because, it's funny because I had a, one of my maybe my fifth or sixth fight um you had a knockout on one, right? Yeah, that was the one where I got the spinning kick knockout. So there was... Um, so now you're obsessed. Well, really. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, though, during that fight, I was gassed about the fourth round, like really gassed. Because this guy was just a pressure fighter. He was on me the whole time. Yeah. So for eight minutes, I'd just been like trying to punch and move and, and I couldn't create room. How many minutes is a round? Two minutes oh. with a one minute break. Okay. So it's... It catches up with you quickly. Like mm-hmm. you can get through the first couple rounds easy. Nowadays, I'm better at pacing myself. But this particular fight, like this guy was just on me all the time. 
And we got to the fifth round and my coach has said to me, before I went out to the fifth round, he's like, all right, you've won all the rounds. Just go out there, finish the fight. No spinning kicks. And I'm like, all right, sure. I went out halfway through the round threw a spinning kick landed at flush yeah. you know and that was over but we joke about it now all the time where he's always like no more fucking spinning kicks you know and I'm like okay okay and I still do them anyway yeah so is that um like I feel I don't know if someone if I'm going in a street fight yeah and someone did a reverse spinning kick right and for some reason he didn't land it yeah I feel like with that momentum, I could probably knock him out. Like, yeah. Oh, definitely. It's not a technique you'd throw on a street at all. Yeah. But it works in the ring. Um, for me, it works if you use like good footwork and you move and you kind of lull them to come forward onto it. Mm-hmm. But just throwing it kind of, you know, is pretty dangerous because there's been times where I've thrown and missed and walked into like a right hand and how, head snapped back how dangerous is a double oh yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah. I threw um, I always seem to just like they come out man I don't know what happens yeah. but like I just get a bit of confidence up and it's like yeah fuck it we'll just we'll throw it and see what happens in the fight that I came to yeah. even though he put his hand up yeah when you when you hit him, did yeah. you did you know it was over? Yeah, yep. yeah. Because you you, you, you landed eyes. a couple yeah. during the fight, and that was that was obviously part of the reason why I was telling Rachel like we've got a knockout coming yeah. in thirty seconds. So yeah, like you, it looked like when you hit him, you kind of stepped towards him. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's a rule where they get they get a few seconds to stand yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. Um. But it looked from where I was sitting that you knew it was over. Yeah. Uh, but you, is there a different feeling on that kick than the, the other ones that you landed earlier in the fight? Uh, not so much. I just knew at that time. So after I'd landed a few head kicks and a nice kick to the ribs where he got a standing eight count, you can kind of see it in their eyes a little bit mm. that they don't, like the power starts to go out of the shots. That's why I was saying to you on the last podcast, target the body. Because when you when you really land a few in the liver and the ribs, they accumulate. Yeah. And, and there's that, that saying goes. that they say, there's more of a boxing saying, but head, body, head. Yeah. 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 Always, always head, work the levels, head, body, and then kickboxing, you can work the legs as well. Yeah. So you always work the levels, round kicks, straight attacks. It's, it's very difficult to read, but working the body is useful because it slows them down like they can't move forward or back as quickly and generally the the power goes out of their shots Mm. and i knew early on i got hit with a couple um hooks to the ribs and i said to myself right i can't stand in front of this guy and take them because he's got good power in his hands so i thought fuck it we'll just take his body out yeah um, and then after a couple like shots like that start to accumulate, you can see it in their eyes a little bit. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't want to be there anymore. They're like, you can kind of tell. And then I started to land a few head kicks. And once you see them wobble a little bit, that's when you kind of know, all right, right, I'm one or two shots away here. And so before the head kick, I landed a couple knees in the clinch. And then yeah. I saw his hands drop a little bit. And I knew, all right, he's going to, expect because i'd hit him in the ribs i'd need him in the ribs he was waiting for a shot to the ribs he threw the kick and yeah his hands were down and 
I don't know, just a reaction. Yeah, and that was that actually was something that I mentioned to Rachel was because I'm not I'm not big into kickboxing. Yeah. Was I was just like the the flexibility that like the advantage you have the more flexible you are. Do you spend a lot of time in the gym like once you're done, you know, sparring or whatever? Stretching? Not as much as I should. I have a lot of flexibility as like a like naturally a residual effects from Taekwondo. Okay. When I used to do that, we used to do a lot like every session we'd do like half an hour's worth of stretching wow, during okay. training. So I'm nowhere near as flexible as I used to be, but being that flexible allows you to get your leg up easier and create power. Like some people can't can barely even get their head up. Their, their leg up to head height. Yeah, and that's... I can get my leg up, but also kick hard yeah. to the head. So If I wanted to kick somebody, I would for sure do a hamstring. Like, <laughs> is, there, is that... It's probably not common, but is it? does it happen? Do people... Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you see a lot of groins, knees, especially. Like, mm. if, if you kick and you twist... Um, on the, the, the planted leg. Yeah, on the planted oh, leg. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's all like with kicking to the to the head, it's all about how so you've got to turn your bottom foot out ninety degrees so that you can open up the yep. A lot of people don't and then the kick just comes sort of straight up. Yeah. But you really wanna twist, if that makes sense. Yeah, like it's the same with punching. You uh, your yeah. body your body turns and that's where your power comes from. Yeah. If you it's just all from the hips, man. yeah. If you've got a straight body and you just hit something like I, I can take that punch all day. Yeah. And that I want to talk to you. Yeah. About I saw you posted about it, and you probably you might be sick of people talking about it, but the McGregor uh, Nurmagomedov yeah. fight. Now, I knew that shit was over when Nurmagomedov hit uh, McGregor with a left hand the face yeah the overhand and that's the hardest punch to land yeah I was just like McGregor's not conditioned he's not he's not he doesn't have the lungs to like defend right now the thing is with McGregor though that he he trains at some of the best gyms and like he does put the work in and he is fit but it's all mental it's all psychological with McGregor but it's like I feel like he tries to get a psychological leg up with his bullshit yeah. before the fight. I think that's like insecurities coming. Yeah, out. so do I. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Because he, I mean, he was, he was saying some pretty savage shit. Yeah. Um, Looking back on it now, it was completely a mistake for him to yeah. say the things he did. You can talk shit easily without going to levels that he went to. Yeah. And... Yeah, at the time I didn't think it, but that looking back, I'm like, you were gonna lose that fight yeah, just because no of that. Way. Yeah. Like he he was taking like Nurmagomedov was taking that shit personally, yeah. and the fucking shit that happened after the fight shows that Proves it. he yeah. already won the fight and he just went, he just kept Straight going. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and wasn't there? I haven't seen this clip, but I've only heard about it, so yeah. this might be unsourced but um wasn't there a clip where connor said it's just business or something yeah, during yeah. the fight so after the second round the round where he got hit early on and stumbled and then was basically defending in the cage um uh, kabib said to him 
because Khabib, both of them talk to their opponents when they're fighting. Okay. Khabib's always, always says like, submit, submit, you know, you don't want this, you don't mm. want this, that sort of stuff. And he was kind of saying to him now, he was saying to Connor during that, the last sort of minute, talk, let's talk, you know, say, say stuff about my family kind of thing. And then at the end of the, uh, that round, he got up and Khabib said something to him like, let's, let's see you talk now or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Connor just said, mate, it's only business. Yeah. You know, but by that stage, it's too late. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's, I mean, I don't like, I'm pretty hard dude, but I just think, I just think that that was too much. Like, oh yeah. It, uh, like, I think it's like a, tra- like a freight train just lost you know, just gathered momentum, yeah. went off the tracks and, and I was, I was out of control. Yeah, I was kind of mad at how the world reacted to it and saying like, you know, it was a terrible thing. And it was, it is not classy. But this wasn't the same reaction that we got when Connor threw a sack truck at the bus. Yeah, 100%. And like that, that's much more dangerous than a few punches. Yeah. And... That, you know, that got talked about for one week Mm. and, you know, he got arrested and all that, but he's obviously allowed in America still. Yeah. uh, And he's still allowed to fight. And it was, it was just that, that shit was disgusting. And people were talking about this, this fight after the fight saying, this is a black eye on MMA and UFC. And it's like, did you fucking forget like why this has actually happened. Yeah. Like there's a, there's history. Yeah. And that shit was disgusting what Connor did. And then the shit that he said was wild. And if I'm in Khabib's shoots, like I'm most likely going to do the same thing. Yeah. Like I'm not disciplined enough. I'm a, I'm a very emotional dude. Yeah. I'm doing the same <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I, I guess for me, I'm not. Yeah. So, I would, like, I'm the opposite. I would prefer to beat someone in the, like, because, look, Khabib absolutely tore Connor a new one. And that, the, and I'm, I'm glad he won the way he won. Yeah, it because, was emphatic. And that's his style. Like, yeah. he got to win it the way he probably wanted to. Yeah. But what I loved about that fight was that he, he spent a little bit of time on his feet yeah. Uh, throwing punches, which is Connor's style. Yeah. And he was like, I'm fucking comfortable doing what you're doing. Yeah. yeah so yeah. just wait until we do what I want to do. It's ballsy, eh? I loved that. Yeah. I fucking loved that. That third round. Although I think Connor won that third round. Yeah. Um, Khabib definitely held his own on his feet. And just that, 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 that left hand to yeah. the face, I was like, it is over. Yeah. Like, he's going to win this now. Yeah. I think if Connor had a been a bit more switched on in that round because the first round I think he was a bit complacent got taken down took a lot of energy trying to defend that that um, Khabib's like just presence there but in the second round if he if he didn't get clipped with that may have been a different story it may have may not have more than likely wouldn't have but I think for Connor getting hit like that just you know, drops in confidence. Your confidence goes, and, and his massive confidence. And the right. amount of confidence that Khabib would have got from that. Oh yeah. Even though he's not, he's not going to do that. He would have known in that moment. Like, I've, I've got, got you. It. Yeah. yeah. He would have known in that moment. I've got it. That's and that's that is a perfect segue because 
obviously you're a psychologist. Or? No, I'm, I'm not. I've got a degree, an honours degree in psychology, but I haven't done a master's. Yeah. So I'm not registered. Okay. So, but you understand psychology, um, you studied it, and that is a huge part of fighting, which we talked about. Yep. Now, you have just published some, some research that you've done. Yep. Part of my PhD is that we do uh, conduct research. And I've got two papers from my PhD written. One was rejected, <laughs> which is standard. By who? A publisher. Okay. Um, they basically came back and said, there's heaps of stuff that you need to do to, to fix it. And we kind of knew that that was going to happen because it was, it was the, the gaming literature at the moment is pretty sparse. Like it's, it's not very well investigated and everything. So we're trying to do reviews of poor quality studies and mm -hmm. stuff. It's the, the principle they call it is garbage in garbage out. If you've got low quality studies, you can't really do a high quality review because there's just too many things wrong. Obviously, so that yeah. first paper that we did was a review and it was just, you know, there's too many things wrong with it. The second paper that we did was a meta-analysis, which is, I'm not sure if you know, but it's like a, an analysis of various analyses. Mm -hmm. So we looked at 12 treatment studies for video game addiction, yeah. gaming disorder. Um, and we looked at 12 studies that employed CBT, which okay. is the, the frontline... Cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. Yeah, the frontline psychological therapy um, for addictive disorders, and depression, like most, most mood disorders. So we looked at 12 studies that employed CBT to treat gaming disorder. And they all, done a, they, they all did it on like different samples in different countries, you know. So there's all this variability and mm -hmm. we sort of synthesize that and try and come up with one, like every treatment will have a different effect size mm -hmm. and say it's, you know, effective at this level or whatever. We take all of those 12 studies and synthesize it to get one effect size. Yeah. And so we determined that CBT was um, largely effective at post-test um, so immediately following treatment for treating um, gaming like symptoms, addictive symptoms, depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, but those treatment effects sort of rapidly declined um, and were almost, were in fact null um, at follow-up. So basically what we determined was that CBT is effective while you're doing it. While you're doing while you so if CBT got, while yeah, you're while you're in treatment yep. for those eight weeks but then it is, once it's once done you leave treatment unless those treatment effects don't really carry on because what we also found was that time do spent, do you think that's specific for gaming or do you think that there's do you think that that can carry on to like if you say um, you know alcohol addiction or gambling do you a, think that's a yeah, similar I mean, result. No, I think in terms of our study, it was largely a question of power. So there was like not enough statistical um, significance there, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't an effect, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's just because a lot of the studies didn't actually employ a follow-up measure. 
or the follow-up measure that they did was a low-quality measure. And these are published studies. These are all published. Isn't studies. that crazy? It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. We're... Like, like, there's someone read that and probably knew, like, oh, there's no follow-up here, blah blah, and they were like, let's fucking chuck it in a book anyway and give you give you a fucking published study. Yeah. That's so, that's wild. That's uh, it's just because gaming is so prevalent now. Um, there's so much interest in it, public interest, um, policymakers and stuff are calling for research all the time. So it's quite easy to get gaming research published. Okay. Now, and everyone, everyone's so fearful. There's the what they call a moral panic. You know, the fear that video games are going to turn people into crazy violent like, killers yeah like I, I play uh, Grand Theft Auto and I'm going to go steal some cars you're and gonna, kill somebody that's training you to go murder people and steal helicopters and stuff and that's that's something maybe there is an aspect of that for sociopaths yeah not for me do you no, know what I mean like, 100% I yeah. play Grand Theft Auto I've never stole a car <laughs> And I've never killed anybody, uh, according to the Welcome to the Pope podcast. No, That's yeah. an old story. Unsourced. <laughs> but um, yeah, like a video game doesn't turn you into a monster. No. That monster is in you already. And this is, I actually talked about this last week on the podcast is we all have evil in us. Yeah. Have you ever watched... Uh, Australia's honey, uh, fun, uh, funniest home videos. Oh yeah, you still and people people are getting hurt. Yeah, and you're laughing at them. Yeah, you're evil. I know. You know, sociopath. There's Lock me up. So <laughs> people have that in them. Some people more than others. Obviously, I can play Grand Theft Auto without thinking I'm gonna go do this in real life. Yeah. There's a detachment there. Yeah. So is the, that panic that you were just talking about mm. is probably. Uh, built up a bit by like the media and stuff. Oh, 100%. Like just the same as politics and everything else that the media does, which is negative. There's yeah. no positive stuff coming, coming from the news. Um, but I think the, the, the more damaging thing that comes from gaming is the social aspect, especially if you start gaming at a young age. Yeah. I'm 28. I have always like, I had the NES, then I went... Uh, Nintendo 64 now I'm on the PlayStation 4 but um, there's some like I, I, I'm adjusted I'm well adjusted I've, yeah. I've got a social life I'm hungover yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I was out with friends last night yeah. but there's there's some people that sit down and they play this shit I'm about to say 12 hours a day which is probably an understatement people do this shit uh, 20, hours, 20 hours you know there's, people got sleeping disorders because they don't want to stop playing games. Yep. Now, realistically, what's more dangerous? The fact that you think people are going to go out and kill somebody because that's what they're doing on games all day or that they may forget to eat, yep. forget shit, mm-hmm. forget to sleep. And maybe maybe kill themselves or die with a fucking control in their hand. What's more dangerous? What's more dangerous from your study? So, I'll just there's two things there. The the video game and violence research um, that comes out all the time that Trump sort of talks about all the time. He's a wild cowboy. He's a crazy man. But there's no there is unequivocally no evidence to suggest that video games increase 
aggression or cause mass shootings in any way, shape or form. There has been some studies that have been retracted because they have falsified data and all that sort of stuff. Oh. A guy called Brad Bushman, I think. That's actually... Corruption inside. It's just so weird that, like, you would dedicate your life to, like... (laughs) Like... Basically, you're dedicating your life to the truth. Yeah. And then you falsify it. Like, it's so crazy. Like, it's, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure lawyers do that shit. Yeah. Especially on the defense side. I think when it comes to science, the, in, in academia anyway, the, the currency for academics is publications. Mm-hmm. How much, like, how, how many papers you publish and how widely regarded those papers are. Mm. So, if you are used to publishing a lot of papers... You know, it can kind of become almost like a drug in a way that you just keep right. churning out the research. Okay. You know, so maybe we got can, maybe we got to study that. Well, definitely. That would be some interesting shit. There's a lot of stuff coming out now. Has that been studied? Uh, not to my knowledge, but there's there's been a lot. There's a, a really good. Um, we might have just put your career tra- trajectory <laughs> on another level just now. Let's if you go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's there's been a couple. P, um, so there's this page called Retraction Watch, and they look they look for uh, papers that have been published in science journals that have been retracted, and they follow the and you always see like one person's paper gets retracted, and then all of a sudden they've got fourteen papers retracted oh, in the last two years. Right. Right? <laughs> it's like it's always people like Philip Zimbardo or something, you know, the Stanford Prison Experiment oh. guy. All of his papers have been retracted. There's um, have you seen the movie about that uh, the net was it a movie or a netflix doco or something there's both there's ah, both there's a documentary movie. and there's a movie um about it and um obviously i think i think probably everyone that studies psychology has gone through that um like study talking about ethics and yeah all yeah, that. yeah and but it's just it's it as unethical as it was it was ethical at a point it, it crossed the line when he didn't stop it. Yeah. But when you look at concentration camps, and I don't want to get too dark here, but like you give someone a certain amount of power. Yeah. They're, they're going to take, take advantage. Power. Yeah, exactly. Just like CEOs of banks, like they don't need to rob the, you know, everyone. Mm. They don't need to rob us the way they do, but they do. They do. Because they've they got can. the power to. Yeah. If you don't have to, if you're not allowed to, as a, okay, as a psychologist, you're not a psychologist yet, <laughs> but as a psychologist, if you're, if, if they say, hey, guess what? Everyone that comes into your office, if they say some shit you don't like, you're allowed, you're allowed to slap the shit out. You're have probably going to do, do you're probably going to do that once or twice. And then once you've done it once or twice, you're going to do it three or four times yeah. and it's going to keep going. But you're not allowed to do that right now. Yeah. So it, it never happens. Yeah. You know, I get it. Yeah. There's something that, that consent chain, it turns a switch in your brain. It's like the responsibility These, no longer lies with me. Yeah. For someone, my actions. Someone told me I'm, I'm not accountable. This. Yeah. So. Like back in the day, teachers were allowed to, uh, like beat you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not allowed to anymore, so they don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's some teachers out there that's wild. Did you hear about? <laughs> I'm going on a tangent. That's all good. There was a teacher that started like a fight club. No way. <laughs> Where? The, the, this kid was getting bullied. Fuck he got poor posture of the week. 
Okay. <laughs> his, uh, and so he was like, all right, well, you guys fight in front of everybody. No way. And then strap the gloves on or just, uh, yeah. Like, well, no, no, no gloves. Bare knuckle <laughs> shit. He was just like, <laughs> go, just fight. And it, like, some like, obviously at least one of the kids went home and was like, a pretty interesting day at school. Yeah. Like, <laughs> How can you expect like something like that to happen and just the kids all keep quiet? Like yeah. surely you know someone's going to tell their parents. Well, that's, that is crazy. The dude was pretty young though, like probably younger than us. Oh, the he teacher. Was, yeah, brand new teacher. Oh, like, he was like 25, <laughs> which is still turned. Like that's like... <laughs> that's What's the thought process decision. there though? Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, consent definitely changes something like these all these dudes that were again i don't want to get too dark but like nazi germany there wasn't just this massive population of evil dudes mm. they they had a job and someone just said this is what i need you to do yep and so they did it you know they all everyone else around them was doing that though as well you know and if you've got someone higher up giving orders telling you to do it saying and showing you that everyone's doing it your sort of moral compass i guess starts to waver a little bit and once you do it once like you said maybe you feel guilty and you feel terrible and you probably do but the fact that you've done it once makes it easier to do it a second time absolutely and you can but the thing was you couldn't outwardly show that disgust or anything like that in nazi germany because you'd probably get shot yourself. Yeah. You know, so you just had to internalize it. And all these people that are do- committing all these atrocities probably never actually spoke to each other about it. Yep. They just internalized it thinking, fuck, maybe I'm the weird one here. That's- and back then, like, now we've got Are You Okay Day and all this shit yeah. where we want to talk about mental health. Back then, you don't talk about that shit. No. So even when they went home to their wives, they weren't talking about, like, I hate this, like, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. They were just going home and being like, good night. Yep. And yeah, that. But they're largely like uneducated young people yes. as well, just drafted in, brainwashed, told you know what they had to do, and they didn't know any better. Yeah, I mean that doesn't excuse it, of course, but you have to kind of remember those kinds of factors that we don't just don't even think about nowadays. Yeah, and that's and that, quite I us. think part of the. Um, maybe legacy of those people they haven't really been blamed mm. it's always you know hitler killed this many jews yeah it's not you know joe smith yeah. did 500 yeah is hitler did Seven several million, million. Yeah. so i think whether that was intentional or not it is understood that like that was one man's plan not a yeah. whole country's yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, again, every, it doesn't excuse any of it whatsoever, but the blame ultimately does come from higher up all the time. Yeah. Because the responsibility for each individual, what, like we said, when, when someone else is doing it and you're told to do it, otherwise you get shot or whatever, you just like your responsibility, your accountability goes. Yeah. And then it's the, ne- it's, it's someone else's job, you know? So yeah. And when it coming back to those sort of Zimbardo experiments, that's kind of what they were trying to show. Um, and it was pretty like convincing that 
crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. There's another. There was another one where they had um, administered electric shocks to other people as well that they used in the Nuremberg trials. That yeah, that was so. That was um, I think they was they were in a separate room. Yeah. And what was it like? There was questions or something. And if they got them wrong, yeah, they would shock them. But they had they had options of how many volts. Yeah, they or, had no, or maybe every time they shocked them, it got yeah. More. So they had they had a dial, and they they were yeah. So the the people conducting the experiment, the researcher was standing over the person that they were experimenting on, and the person that they were experimenting on had to administer an electric shock. If the person in the other room who the researcher was asking true or false questions or whatever, if they got the questions wrong, they had to administer a shock. Um, And there was on the, although what the person administering the shock didn't know was that they weren't actually administering a shock. The person in the other room was just faking to be electrocuted. Um, But on the knob, there was kind of a, a, like there was a, low level medium level danger do not exceed kind of level yeah and the researcher would ask the person to exceed you know that danger level and then they'd test how many people would actually do it yeah and most of them did yeah there were only a very few that sort of sat back and said hang on this is wrong yeah most of them were just like well okay you know and then afterwards they felt probably felt terrible but at the time they did it because they thought they were advancing science or yeah. whatever. Um, but I think those those um, t- tests were used at the Nuremberg trials to sort of, the, for the Nazis to sort of say, well, look, this, you know, we, we didn't have any responsibility. This is, a, this is a thing that happens to people under authority, yeah. you know. But I think that was thrown out and certain certain guys like Goebbels and stuff were um, rightly convicted and sentenced to death. Absolutely. But, but it is, it is, it is, um, it just shows that the human psyche, you know, is so fascinating. And and it's like, it's almost malleable to a fault. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, people that have studied that can probably, you know, waver from that more well, I mean, than like others, but, but, but also maybe not the priming, bro. It just goes to show that we don't actually know what we're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> we're can, we are complete products of our environment. Yeah. Like we don't, we react to stimuli all the time. And, and we think we're having thoughts. And there's so much stimuli. They're like, you, yeah, you don't know. You don't know what you think, what your, you don't know what your own morals are. Someone's given those to you. Yeah. You know, it's wild. It's so fucking wild. So what's right and wrong at that point? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for us now looking back, we can always say, well, this is right and this is wrong. But back in the day, like 2000 years ago, in the gladiator arenas, they used to just throw poor people in there to fight, you know, and no one considered that wrong or right. Yeah. It's only afterwards that people go, hang on, that's probably that's a bit pretty, harsh. Yeah, that's yeah. fucked up. Like, <laughs> you know? But unfortunately, we've had to go through these lessons in life. I guess as long as you don't repeat the same mistakes, then 
something can be taken from that. But when you start to see what happens in the US, you know, at the moment, then, you know. It's like if it, 2,000 years from now. We probably will be back to, we probably will have nuked each other and we'll just maybe, be back to the or Stone people, Age. Maybe it'll be a utopia and people will look back here and be like, like look at NFL and be like, um, these guys used to just knock each other out. Like yeah. boxing, boxing might not be a thing. Kickboxing, yeah. they might be like, these it guys. definitely won't be a thing. They yeah. used to just fight for, for money. Yeah. Like that was their job. Like we're, we're moving so far left as a, as a planet mm. that like you, you got to actually watch what you say yeah. in it, in a sense of like, fuck, I can't even remember. Okay. 10 years ago, 15 years ago in high school. Oh, that's gay. Yeah. Imagine saying that now. I know. Imagine like you're, I say it sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, I shouldn't say it. Yeah. Okay, but it just comes like it's so conditioned you're so used to it yeah. and I don't mean anything by it but obviously at the end of the day like there are people who have struggled and been like you know vilified for their sexuality yeah. so you, at the same time just saying oh that's gay I get both sides of the argument people saying well you know there's you know it's just a word but also words hold a lot of power yeah. you know and for someone who's not gay you don't understand what it's like yeah, for exactly. someone to call you gay in a derogatory way yeah. you know so I do say it sometimes and I have to kind of like watch myself because even though I'm like oh it doesn't really mean anything at the same time it does to someone out there it definitely does it's, it is weird as well like how the, the difference between some of those words like gay doesn't sound that harsh mm. but if you go and say faggot yeah like, oh yeah 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 that's like so crazy like yeah and like if there's no gay people around even like and someone says that i'm just like i'm just like whoa it's a bit of a shock like, yeah. bro, like. that's that's the sort of word that used to get used all the time when i was at school yeah oh it's yeah it's just so normal but yeah. if you like you could hear it then at school and you you know wouldn't think twice but now if you hear it you're like whoa, yeah on. like <laughs> sure yeah i remember like yeah i definitely remember at school like that was just something like if your friend was like, you know, not, not subscribing to peer pressure or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, don't be, don't be a faggot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like now, like if someone said that, you know, oh, bro. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> maybe I'm a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, even that then, even, even words like that. Like, you can't say you, anything. You can't say anything yeah. without <laughs> someone out there being offended, rightly or wrongly. I mean, whatever, but. It's great. Did you hear about Apu from The Simpsons? Yes, I've seen. I think that's. I think that's PC gone mad. To be honest. Yeah, I had a I had a big dummy spit about it last week on the potty because I was just like, whoever came up with this shit was probably a white person yeah. that has never you know never gone through racism or anything, and all of a sudden they've got a problem with thank you come again yeah. like. It's 30 just, years. It's manufactured, manufactured like uh, outrage or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, what can we be outraged at today? Yeah. I think this might offend someone. So let's ban it. So now so, I'm offended. Yeah, now yeah. I'm offended, yeah. but I have no cause to be. And it's, and that's the thing. Be, be offended. If, if you've got a cause, be offended. Like saying, saying faggot and all that is, that's pretty, that's pretty fucked up. And yeah. that's, that's, hurting a whole culture of people 
thank you come again from the Simpsons is not trying to no. hurt anybody and it's very obvious that it's it's just you know it's all in good fun and then they're not saying all Indians work in you know 7-Elevens that's not the joke yeah because when the Simpsons started 7-Eleven wasn't what it is today yeah it just happens to be that it turned into that yeah you you need to look you can't look at Simpsons 2018 you gotta look at Simpsons 1990 or yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and think like there's more to it than this this bullshit that I'm saying it is yeah it's wild yeah it's just the way the world's going at the moment isn't yeah it's is so terrible like I talk a bit about politics on the potty, but I talk about Trump and I, I don't agree with what he's done. And he, um, he had a press conference after this shooting in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And he said, this, this wouldn't happen if everyone in there was armed. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Fucking stupid. Yeah. But then on, like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm on the left. Yeah. But I, I identify, I guess, as center left probably. Yeah. But if I, if I look at the left, like, I'm looking at these dudes that don't want Apu on The Simpsons as well. And yeah. I'm also like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm also not on the left, yeah. but I'm definitely not on the right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But the left has changed so much that I'm definitely not, I'm not like that. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, I think for me, when it comes to political issues, I always just take every view from the center and go, okay, like, because you can, like, mainly for social policies, I guess I'm centre-left. But then a lot of economic policies, I'm probably centre-right. Yeah. So I, I tend to just be central, I guess. And that's, that's like, the ideal, I guess. I think so. But the way that the political system is built, especially in democracies like Australia and um, America, you have to... Uh, completely identify with one of the majors yeah. to win yeah. so if some some very smart person very well-rounded person comes out and he says yeah i like this from the right and this from the left and this is how i'm gonna run they're not gonna win they're not gonna fucking win no. you need to be this crazy dude that wants guns and hates women or you've got to be this dude that wants that, unified bathrooms and yeah like yeah, yeah like i'm i'm running as a trans whatever and um, it's just extremist politics yeah, it, really? it's, it's so there's no crazy. there's no place for people like us in the middle no. you have to be in one camp or the other and in this country we're forced to vote yeah whereas in america i know how important voting is but at least like at least if you don't identify as that crazy right or that crazy left you can sit out mm. which to me i actually like that but it's it's people like that that probably got Trump in to yeah, begin with. Definitely. The, I think the the more people that sat out of that election got got him actually. I think wasn't it like fifty one percent of people actually voted or something like that? Like, oh, was it that low? I think it was something like that. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was young people. I think yeah. just certain demographics, but there was definitely like a large large percentage of people that didn't actually vote. And that's. Like minorities aren't actually minority either anymore. So like, when you look at who are your choices, Trump or Hillary, and you're Hispanic, Black, Asian, 
who do you identify with? No one, I'm not voting. No. You know? Yeah. So that's a whole lot of votes out the window. Yeah. So, but like, even when I, when I say that is if someone, if a minority runs and, and they are that smart person that sits on the fence, if you sit on the fence, your, your people won't even vote for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. They want you to identify with what they identify with. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's a crazy seeing, situation. I love seeing when like Trump or, or whoever, you know how that, cause they have like paid actors holding up signs yeah. and stuff. I love seeing like when Trump's there and there's people with signs that'll say like blacks for Trump or like <laughs> gays for Trump or Trump loves trans and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm always just like, hang on. Like, hang on. But the, the crazy thing is, is that Trump's voters are so uneducated that they I think, think it's normal. They yeah. think that oh, that's a real person. He's won the black vote or yeah. he's, he's won the gay vote yeah, or whatever. Oh, Trump is really doing something here because <laughs> he's, he's won him over. It's like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck, that gets me. Yeah, it is crazy. Anyway, we have digressed. Wow, we have really, haven't we? <laughs> Back to video games. Anyway. <laughs> Rachel thinks I'm addicted to video games. Yeah. I'm lucky, lucky if I play 50 minutes of video games per day. Yeah. That, if I played, if I got to get, if I got to get 60 minutes, you couldn't, you couldn't even tell me nothing. I'd be the happiest <laughs> man. That I don't get to 60 minutes. Now, so I'll tell when you we say, thing. when we say the word addiction in, Psychology. Yeah. We talk about it affecting your life negatively. Harm. Yeah. We're talking harm. about lack of loss of control and we're talking about harm. Yeah. There's two aspects to addiction. So the loss of control over what you're doing, whether that's injecting or smoking something or gambling or playing video games. If you do it to the point where you physically can't stop yourself or you know that you shouldn't be doing it, but you're doing it anyway and you can't control it that's what we call loss of control and that's like that's that's we, we've got a name for you know alcoholism um ocd which ocd is an addiction to a routine yeah essentially yeah but we don't call that an addiction no but there it's obviously it manifests in different ways but yeah. that there's is, different mechanisms that underlie it essentially yeah but um, with with gaming, so it's it's a it's classed as a behavioural addiction mm-hmm. in the same way that gambling is a behavioural addiction. Yeah, because there's, there's no, no substance. chemical. Yeah. Well, well, there is. There's brain chemicals that yeah. get changed, but to to be fair, the amount of dopamine that your brain releases when playing video games is akin to you know eating chocolate or something like right. that like sex is higher there's heaps of things that are, are higher ask Tiger Woods yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's playing well at the moment actually. he is he's, he is. he's, he's back uh, but anyway sorry we digress but yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so yeah when it comes to look the term addiction video game addiction is a loose term that gets used because it's, it comes from parents saying you're addicted to video yeah. games you know it's like oh you're playing so much you must be addicted we use it in the in the in the nomenclature um, because there's no other real term. Is it an impulse control disorder? I don't know. Is it 
like an impulse control in the same sort of sense as OCD. Is it an addictive disorder? Is it an acquired addictive disorder? We don't know. The best use of the term is an addictive disorder, mm. a behavioral addiction. An addiction that is reinforced by repetition in the mm. same way that gambling is. And then you get to a point where it is reinforces itself. So as you were saying, you know, lack of sleep, that's the ma that's a major issue with people that have um, uh, video game addiction or gaming disorder is that they play that they, they game all night you know they start to miss school or work because yeah. they um, they're playing all night they're not getting adequate sleep they're, they're falling behind in their school or work or whatever and then it turns into oh I can't be bothered going they start lo losing friends and social networks they stop eating properly they're then at that point when you're not eating well or you're just eating junk yeah you know your body doesn't have enough nutrients to sort of sustain you properly so you're lethargic all the time if you're not sleeping well um you're not going to school or work you're not spending time with family going outside doing all these things really you're just stuck in your room playing video games yeah and that's when it becomes an addiction because not because you rely on it to, to the extent that you do, but because you've got nothing else, you know, there's no other option for you. And the sad thing is when kids do it from, from a young sort of age, they start to miss out on school, they start to lose friends. And then by the time they get to like 18, 19 years of age, if they've been doing it for three or four years, a lot of opportunities have passed them by, Like they can't go out and get apprenticeships because no one's gonna take them because they're yeah. uneducated, they're the highest level of school was year seven or whatever. They can't go back to school because those crucial years for learning have passed them by. You know, they don't have any friends. They don't. They're, they're unable to socialize. So they're kind of confined now to the life that they've created for themselves. And that's the kind of saddest thing about the whole thing. And that's what kind of angers me a little bit when people talk about, oh, you can't be addicted to video games. What's next? being addicted to television, you know, that's yeah. well, hang on, video games actually are designed in a way that keep you engaged. Yeah. They're designed to keep you, you playing. Need to, you There's need a transaction to there. Achievements and yep. awards. People are addicted to various levels or various facets of video games. Video games are so diverse now that some people play them just to like explore. Some people play them to get trophies. Some people play them to beat others on leaderboards of yeah, first-person shooters. Leaderboards, you know, that's, that's huge, that's huge. For some people, you know, now with Fortnite and all that sort of stuff. And Fortnite's so hard to win, people post them, posting themselves when they win on, yeah. on social media and stuff. Cause like, I've done it, I've done it. How many fucking games did you play? Yeah. That? How long have you spent grinding trying to achieve that? Yeah. And what could you have been doing? Yes. You know? Imagine if you had to put that work ethic into playing basketball or chess or swimming or doing homework or something, like yeah. whatever. But I mean, at the end of the day, we have to sort of recognize that video games are for 98% of the people a healthy pastime. For you that plays 50 minutes a day, completely healthy. And this is what I was going to say before. Time spent gaming doesn't actually really reflect addiction. Yeah. So there's not a great correlation between how much someone plays and how addicted they are. Yeah. It's more people that use it to compensate for various needs um, in their life that they're not 
they're not meeting, you know. So if they've got low social um, desirability or they can't socialise with people, they yeah. find it easier just to spend, uh, you know, time in their room playing video games because they don't actually have to go outside and, and you know, meet people. Yeah. And people who have, like, low competence in other areas of their life often find that they are very competent at playing video games. So it provides some satisfaction there. So you have to kind of understand why is this person playing a video game and what need does it satisfy? You know, not just, all right, you play 20 hours a day, you're addicted. Chances are if you're playing 20 hours a day, you're addicted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, but what, not necessarily. What, what, yeah, what is esports it? players, yeah. most esports players play a lot, but you often find that they, for them, it's work now. They, and they hate have, video games. Yeah, and they've got other aspects of their life that they enjoy and they... Yeah, they, they... Out of necessity now, yeah. they, they don't actually enjoy video games. Yeah. And a lot of kids that have video game addiction don't enjoy video games anymore. Yeah. It's the, the, they call it in, in the addiction literature that the, the gratification compensation trade-off. So it, when you start playing, you gratify. It's, it's gratifying. There's all these needs that are being met and it's yeah. great. But as, those, as the gratification declines and you start to play more and more um, and you rely on the games more and more, there's a point where the gratification dips below where the compensation starts yep. to take over. And when you're starting to game to compensate, that's when the problem starts. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's actually fascinating. And I mean, I, I did... I got a published paper. You did? Yeah, but it was on the... Uh, nothing like nothing to do with this actually it was on the com- communication so I, the com- health communication and the effect it has on your dietary choices okay so I had people um, I like free free snacks you come and take a snack yep uh, and then like I would sometimes say like, oh, like here's here's this thing. I like, have a look at this before you take a snack, and it was a health, a health message. brochure, yeah. And, and you'd see if they took a cake or an apple or yes, something like that. Yeah, and that that got published, which was which was fucking dope. But super interesting. Though. It's what yeah, did you find? Did you find that they the the message? Yeah, the message worked like. 70% of the time yeah. it was it was priming unreal. was it down to priming or is it down to like guilt or? and that was that was a thing like Don't know. I couldn't tell yeah like I didn't you'd need to investigate further. yeah I had a, I had a survey but also surveys yeah it, 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 they, they rely on people was it like a self-report survey where people you sort of ask people why did you choose it or? yeah and I, there was a lot of questions because I, I did a lot of questions before that question so it was they they're not just focused on that that snack yeah so you know male female age where you're from um do you work out blah blah, blah. Yeah. doing a lot of a lot of all this before I get to like oh why did you choose the snack that you chose yeah and it it was it came down to well it came down to so many things I'm dieting, yeah. you know, or um, like uh, I already had a treat today, so I took an apple. Yeah. So that, what does that mean? Yeah. That person still eats shitty food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had already done it, and they've got they've got that uh, uh, self control. Yeah. So they thought, you know, I've already had cake today, so I'm gonna have an apple now. Yeah. Or 
then you can, you know, there's there's so many different things to look at that I, I, there was no real conclusion. Yeah. That's so, what you kind of find a lot in science literature these days is that it's so hard to control for all those variables that you would have to do your study and do it again with a different population and try yeah. and control different variables in certain... And it just gets... The more and more control you get, the less and less applicable it becomes. Yeah. Because it starts to, it just becomes like a lab. Yeah, exactly. Like confined experiment and not actually a real world. It's like you're, is, it, 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 there's a point where it gets to you are trying to get the answer that you want. Yeah, yeah. And that's, everyone does this every day. Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. bias I, you know, www.imright.com. I can, have an argue with, argument with you right now about anything, anything. Video, there's no way you can be addicted to video games and I'll find a you'll website find evidence that'll tell that you says that. that and you'll find a website that says the opposite. Like yeah. anyone can confirm what they want to confirm, especially with the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's wild. In our mm. field at the moment, there's two camps that are completely opposite. One says that video games aren't addictive and that you can't be addicted to them, and then we come from the other side, we say you can. It's interesting because the side that I come from, the clinical psychology side, who see kids with video game addiction mm. all the time, and see it in the real world, say that you can. People on the other side are more media researchers, and social media researchers, and tech researchers, and stuff, and they kind of deal in a bit more in the abstract, and they say, well, you know, video games aren't addictive because if video games are addictive then sex is addictive then eating chocolate's addictive then it all and, is but that's the thing just any behavior in any or any substance in any measure is addictive if you take it more than you know some level yeah. like without once it moderation gets, once it get, yeah exactly once it gets to a point where you're not able by yourself to moderate it it's an addiction mm. whether it's cleaning your house which is positive mm. But is it positive when, you know, you're not having sex with your wife yeah. or you're not spending time with your kids yeah. or you're not going to work? So you're not earning money because you're cleaning your house. That's an addiction at that point. Yeah. So you can't tell me whether it's chemical or not that anything's not addictive. No. There's, there's, an addic there's an addiction probably to sitting in chairs. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I guess it comes down to the harm like you've just touched on there. The loss of control and the harm. If you lose control over what you're doing, you're, you're unable to stop, pull yourself out and say, hang on, I'm mopping the floors too much yeah. at the moment. And that means that I have missed four meals and I've not slept yeah. three days. Yeah. Like you've got a problem, you know? And we're not going to create a new disorder called floor cleaning addiction, you know? Well, I mean, well, maybe we were. It's maybe, 2018. We'll see what happens. But, <laughs> but we, the we point, got rid of our poo. What, yeah. what's, yeah. <laughs> what's happened though is that there's been so many people playing video games that have found problems that they've classified it as a new dis disorder. Rightly so, because the implication of that is that now clinicians, therapists, are able to uh, diagnose people with an addiction and they're able to get treatment. Yes. Health insurance is able to cover that treatment for the individual. Without the diagnosis, 
there's no health insurance, there's no disorder, there's no label. Maybe there's no stigma attached to the label, fine, but also these people can't get help. Yeah. So where do you draw the line? I err on the side of draw, give people the disorder, like allow clinicians to help the individual because ultimately that's what we care about more helping the individuals with issues Absolutely. rather than saying, because here's the, here's the, there's an argument saying sort of, Ooh, nice if you, if you create a new disorder, then you're stigmatizing an otherwise healthy behavior yeah. like gaming, which is fine. But at the end of the day, you've got eating disorders as well. Do eating disorders stigmatize eating? No, yes. they don't. You know, that like, is a point. That's how do you argue that? How do you fucking argue that? I don't know. Like it just, this is why the, what we were saying though about confirmation bias is you've got two camps that are entrenched yeah. in their own views and no one can come together and say, hang on, you know, this is what we actually need. It's just two camps like that's spicily spitting at each other, like the left and the right. That, yes, <laughs> that fits in so perfect. That's politics. It's, that's politics. It's science at the moment the is political. Then. So, Man. How did you decide that that was what you wanted to focus on for your... Um, I did my honours on um, social casino games, which is like phone casino games, like pokies on your phone yep. and stuff, which are illegal that... here, but they're not illegal. Like most Wait, people. they're illegal here? Yeah. So gambling, spending real money on them is illegal here. Rather really? Yeah. So you're not allowed to play online poker and stuff like that here and gamble real money. People do it anyway. I honestly, I would have done that. Like, I mean, I've never done it, but if I did do it, I would have thought that that's perfectly legal. Yeah. So that's unreal. It's yeah, it's, it's illegal here, but people still get around it. Like you can get around it easily. But there's there's ads for it. That's the crazy. That's why, that's why it's fucking with me. I I see ads because I'm on sports bet and you know how fucking phones do their advertising. So like I get, I get advertising for poker and yep. pokies and shit. That's wild. That's so wild. So I did, yeah, I did my honors project on that, and then um, I finished my honors and got into the PhD. And um, I was kind of looking at something similar, but I thought, you know what? There's not many avenues to explore mm. with the gambling side. Like the gambling literature has been done to death. Yeah. So what about video games? Yeah. And, I was kind of lucky that now it's so like people, there's so much interest in it now. Like when I started two years ago, two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, it wasn't like, obviously people were playing video games, but no one really cared about the disorder. But now that they've created the disorder, there's so much public interest. We're getting like requests for media interviews and like radio shows and stuff. Okay. And I'm trying to sort of stay away from it until I finish my PhD. Yeah. But yeah, at the moment, like I've I've been in meetings with the children's commissioner, who's she does a she's a government worker. What's her name? Helen Connolly. Okay, because I was I um I work in fostering. Okay. So what's the uh, so these children that are under the guardianship of the minister? Yeah. The minister for child protection oh child protection Different, so, yeah. so this is a minister the, the, the commissioner for children and young people oh, okay and she goes around to schools she talks like she does she goes around to school and does like workshops on bullying and stuff like that yeah and drug education and stuff 
um, and she's come to us and we've we're in the process of developing a program an educational program to implement in schools about healthy gaming next year okay um, and I've gone to schools and talks at the moment, like Pembroke and stuff. Okay. I'll be going to do that early next year as well. So at the moment, there's we're kind of the, the main researchers in the state for it. We're the only researchers in the state. So people are just asking us to do all this yeah. stuff, which is great because it allows us to get our research out there um, and gives me something to do. Yeah, no, that's actually, that's awesome. And I think that, like... Those are the people that need to hear it the most is oh, peers. Yeah. And I, those are the people that need to hear everything the most, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they I can learn so. more than we can. But um, yeah, that's... Um, they're, they're the ones... Uh, Rachel's brother is was a professional gamer when oh, he was right. younger. And I was talking to him about it. He lives in Sydney, but he came to visit a few months ago. I was talking to him about it and he was just like... Uh, it's... And he was like, he was like saying to me, like, no disrespect, because I know you're an athlete, but yeah. it's like being an athlete. Like, yeah. the older you get, it, no matter how, Slow down. Yeah, yeah, no matter how much you practice or how long you've played the game for, your reflect, your reflexes are slower. Yeah. And these young sixteen-year-olds are fucking you up. Yeah, like it's just not the same. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's probably more for shooters. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could probably, be, you know, fifty years old and still be good at. NBA or FIFA or something, you know, is a bit different. But shooters, you come around a corner, the young boy is gonna get you. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen? I was watching. I was just watching the other day on on Foxtel. There's like professional drone racing. You know how they do like airborne air racing where they fly planes through obstacle courses and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. There's this same thing, but like drones remote controlled drones and you see these two like acne faced kids they're probably like <laughs> 15 like controlling these little helicopter things going through this course like 100 kilometers an hour these things are flying at like are they, do, they, do they modify them or oh I, don't, I have no idea like I don't yeah these one guy was racing for like Red Bull or something and what someone was Red Bull is so crazy oh, yeah, yeah they love it yeah. they've got a they've got a paper plane event Oh, I bet. It's, like, <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, they, I actually saw the other day as well that there was Formula One, uh, like eSports, and they've got a Mercedes team, have got two young kids on there playing, controlling their... And they'd have like full Formula One series in line with the, the regular Formula One season, but these 15-year-old kids like controlling cars, already sponsored by... Mercedes. And you know what's crazy about that is their the the skill behind that is actually underestimated yeah, because 100%. they they probably actually know racing strategies and all yeah, of that yeah, yeah, as definitely. well. Yeah. I, I mean I, I, I one of my favourite games is Gran Turismo. But and I used to thrash that. I used to love that back in the day. It's such a good game. But you do learn, you pick up heaps of different things about your racing line, yeah. when to break and breaking late and breaking while overtaking and all that kind of stuff these kids obviously have it like intuitively and being signed to like Red Bull or, or Mercedes, they're probably taught all of the same things that, you know, Lewis Hamilton's being taught. They probably talk to him. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They probably spend time with him and he's probably like guiding them through, you know, certain courses and like watch out for this hairpin here or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy. And anyway, that's the world we live in. So. Yeah. Before you go, you know, we do the charity thing. I love it. We've got a new game okay. that we're going to play with you today, mostly because 
I haven't prepared <laughs> okay. for Source Done Source. But we've got a game called Jessica Beale of Fortune. Okay. Now, are, you, like a movie, are you a movie guy? I am a terrible movie guy. You're, we're we, in trouble here. <laughs> maybe no one from charity is going to get any money. That's so, fine. But uh, I'm doing Movember, obviously. I was going to ask you, actually. Is that is that a Movember thing? Yeah, this is not my swag. This is... <laughs> I, um, it's looking lush, man. I'm not a big shaver. Yep. You can identify, obviously. Yep. Uh, I get itchy if I shave, yep. so I usually rock a beard. Yep. Um, I get acne. I look 12. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so that's why I got the head start, because I already had a beard, and I was like, why cut the whole thing off when I can get a head start? So yep. I got a little... It's only the... <laughs> fourth? Fourth? Yeah, fourth. Oh, this is dead. Um, <laughs> it's only the fourth of November and I've got a full mo so God knows what it's going to look like at the end of the month but I have made a pledge that all the charity donations that I get from Welcome to the Party I'm going to match to Movember okay so if you win today if you win this game is actually not a $50 game it starts at 50 yep and then you get to guess letters for the for the word, but every guess is five dollars off. Okay. So, um, I had a guest on a f- couple weeks ago. We only donated ten dollars to uh, St Jude's Children's Hospital okay. in uh, America. So, we're gonna have a crack here. I've uh, I've got a movie title here. I hope I've got the correct number of spaces. Yep. We're not on film, but you can you can see this. It's like a little hangman sort of... Yeah, so we're starting at uh, $50. Every guess that you take for a letter, $5 off. And we will, um, if you get the name name of the movie, whatever amount is left, we will donate to Charity of Your Choice. Who who are we playing for? Lifeline. Lifeline again. Lifeline again. Lifeline. And if Lifeline wins however much money, I'll equal that payment to Movember Foundation as well. So, what letter do you want to start with? We'll start with an A. A. Now, <laughs> I, um, this, is good. this is a long movie title, so I have to... Okay, there's two A's in there, yep. and we're at $45. I guess I'll go I as well. Okay. Only one eye. Wow. Oh. We're at $40. Uh, I'll go a T. T. No, no T's. Wow. Um, okay, S. S. Fucking <laughs> Don't tell me. No S. We're at $30. <laughs> um, can I just... Say uh, there's one I and two A's out of maybe thirty letters. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh fuck. Uh, R. Yes. Yes. There's definitely an R. Uh, and we're at twenty-five dollars. Oh. Oh no. Yeah. I got it there. That R. Yep. 
Uh, a Y? Y. One Y. Twenty dollars. Um. This is embarrassing. Um. I actually thought this was going to be more of an easy movie title. Yeah, this is not easy for me. <laughs> okay, we're at twenty dollars, so I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. Adam Sandler is in this movie alongside Jessica Biel. Adam Sandler is in this movie alongside Jessica Biel. Yeah. Um, a H. Yep. Yep. There's an H there. We're at $15. <laughs> yeah, look, I've got no idea. Um, N? Yes. I now pronounce you... Yee-woo! Uh, or a ten Chuck and Larry. Yes, yeah. we got it. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> ten dollars to Lifeline. Fuck. <laughs> That's embarrassing. That's a long title. What did I get with Sean the other week? Uh, the Illusionist. Ah. And yeah, he was struggling. He was struggling, and that was only two words. So. But he knew that the first word was the, and he guessed T-H-E, and none of those were in the second word. <laughs> so that fucked him up for $15, but $10 to Lifeline. Awesome. Um, thanks for coming today. Oh, thanks for Very having me interesting. Again, love the fire stuff. Love this psychological stuff. It was a great chat. Yeah. Touched on a few topics. How long How long have we been here? We got uh, an hour and 20. Holy shit. Um, That's right. Uh, but uh, go... Plug your fight, plug your socials. Yeah, so I've got a fight um, November the 17th at Knees of Fury. If anyone wants to come, tickets, if you want, just contact me through Instagram at Matty Stevs, M-A-T-T-Y-S-T-E-V-Z. Um, or alternatively, there's tickets on the Knees of Fury website. But sometimes it's hard to get tickets sent out in time. If okay. You, if you... If you book on the website they so don't do they don't do like e-tickets no okay yeah they do actual tickets and they don't leave tickets at the door so oh Jesus yeah, it's, it, it can be a bit backwards figure it out I know <laughs> uh, um, so yeah alright awesome. thanks, thanks for having me thanks for coming man no loved it So that was obviously another classic episode of the Welcome to the Potty podcast there. Um, got into the fighting quite a bit. Got into, you know, politics, gaming, fucking psychology. You name it, we talk about it here at the Welcome to the Potty podcast, man. But it's, you know, it's early in the morning. I'm ready to continue this trip. I'm going to get out of here. So you guys remember to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Welcome to the Potty podcast. Hit that share button. Uh... You know, follow us, uh, Instagram, at Welcome to the Party, Twitter, Welcome Party, uh, whatever else. Uh, welcome to the Party at gmail.com if you got some listen to this fuck shit or poor posh the week that you want us to talk about. Um, I did watch a movie last night. I can't get into it right now. I've got to hit the road, Jack. All right? So, uh, happy hump day, motherfuckers. And as always, bung bung.